Good morning, Harmony family. We're so glad you're here this morning. stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the
good morning, church, and uh, I want to thank you for gathering here with us in person. We want to welcome those that are online. We had an incredible night here yesterday evening at the Aspire Ladies events, and all of the volunteers that helped put that together, I want you to just go ahead and stand up. You spent a lot of time. We want to give you a round of applause uh, for, for doing that. Go, go ahead and stand. I know you don't want to, but go ahead and uh, do that. That is absolutely awesome. You did an incredible job, and we are thankful for you doing that. And uh, I know that it made a difference uh, here in our church family and the community uh, as well. And we want to thank you for helping make that happen uh, last evening. And, and what a great time was had uh, by all that were able to be here. Well, we've got a, a lot of things uh, ahead of us. Uh, one of the things that, that is coming up uh, that we have uh, in the very near future uh, is Easter Sunday, right? And it seems like Easter is way down the road, but it's not. It's going to be here uh, really quick. And this year, uh, we are going to celebrate Easter with the scribe. Uh, Dr. Paul Pitts is going to be with us uh, for two services on that day. Uh, and it's going to be an incredible, dramatic presentation of a Roman soldier and the life of Christ. And you want to make sure and be here with us on Easter Sunday. We'll open up with a worship celebration. He's going to, to do his presentation, and then we'll tie it all together uh, at the end. And then the week following that, uh, we are going to jump into a series entitled uh, Revelation, The Best is Yet to Be. I know that we feel like uh, we are uh, in some uncertain times, and, and the reality is this. For the Christian, no matter how bad it gets here, the best is yet to be. And we have to remember that. We have to operate uh, with, with faith and hope uh, in our sights and know that God has something better for us beyond this moment. And we need to help other people realize that so that they can be a part of it as well. So that's just something to look forward to. Uh, and uh, just a few weeks away, uh, Man Church has an event on Friday night, April the 22nd. And I'll be telling you more about that uh, through uh, the next uh, week and emails and different things. So guys, put that uh, on your calendar. It's going to be a great time. A guy by the name of Ryan Gunn is going to be here. He's going to be our guest speaker. Uh, and uh, it'll be an incredible time as we gather. And then Ladies Ministry is getting ready for uh, Mother's Day celebration. That'll be April the 30th uh, from 10 to 12. Uh, and uh, this year, uh, going to be doing things a, a little bit uh, different from, from that standpoint. And we'll have all the details for you. Uh, but just so you know, uh, it's going to be a brunch. It's going to be a lot of excitement. And to help offset that, uh, we're asking you for, for a $5 person uh, donation to, to, to be a part of that. $20 per family, uh, if you can do that. Uh, and uh, we, we uh, just want to make that event as good as we possibly can. Uh, and uh, we always have a guy that uh, cooks and prepares and does all of that, but he made vacation plans this year. Uh, he's going to see a grandchild or something like that. And uh, grandchildren always have a way of like drawing people uh, to them for, for some reason. So uh, we're going to be doing things a little bit different, and it'll be a fun time, and, and they're working hard in, in planning that. Uh, so just remember those few things uh, that are ahead. Well, today, I want to thank you for gathering with us. If you're a visitor here with us today, you're a first-time guest, a returning guest, we want to thank you for coming back uh, and being with us. And uh, if it's your first time here today, uh, whether you're in person or online, we want to thank you for gathering with us. And uh, we would love for you to stop by uh, the Connection Center before you leave today. Uh, we would just love the opportunity to learn a little bit more about you. Well, last week, we had a celebration, and we said, look, uh, we set out to transform a village in Guatemala in Los Canaan. And immediately after we returned, in fact, 
when we were leaving Guatemala, uh, they were looking at our passports as we were leaving, and they were saying, have you been in China in the last 15 days? And I thought, you've got my passport. Um, you, you, you know, it was just like an odd question. Is this like a trick? What, what, what's going on? Because we hadn't seen the news uh, all, all week and kind of been literally in, in a different part of the world. Anyway, we set out to do a village transformation. And what that village transformation would entail uh, was this. We, we were going to make sure that the village had a school. We were going to make sure that the village had a church with, with a pastor uh, that, that was trained in that village. And we were going to make certain that that village had a clean running water source, all right? Um, and the reason for that clean water running source is this. Uh, they, they have water that has bacteria in it, and the majority of the children and babies that are sick and pass away in that country do so, not because of a major medical problem, but because of a lack of clean water. So we partnered with West uh, Hill uh, Church and, and Bastion Union uh, from Bland, Virginia, and we're going to go ahead and take a look at that video now, and you're going to see those two churches in this final trip. We're not there because um, we were here. They, they went and did a medical trip and they got to do the dedication uh, for the, the water. But, but here's the reality. We, all right, we got to fund it. We were a part of the first trip. We initiated it. And every one of you that, that have given over the past year, year and a half, if you've given 50 cents, all right, whether it was directed di directly to the water project or not, you have had a part in what you're going to see in transforming a village that has over 100 families, several hundred children in it. We're going to go ahead and take a look at that video right now. The name Guatemala comes from a word meaning place of many trees. Brimming with beautiful jungles, beautiful mountains, and beautiful people, it is the most populous country in Central America. home to more than 17 million mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, and friends. Approximately 80% of the rural population lives below the poverty line, and nearly half of all Guatemalan children under the age of five suffer from chronic malnutrition. But in the place of many trees, there is a story of hope. This is the story of people like you, people who join us in believing that transforming a village will transform a nation. In 308 villages across Guatemala, Hope of Life provides clean water, emergency medical care, food support, and improved local housing, schools, and churches, building a foundation of transformation. Our on-campus permanent care facilities for seniors and children with special needs provide a home for vulnerable adults and children who have no place to call home. At the Village of Transformation, family-style foster care coupled with education from Liberty School is changing children's futures by providing opportunities to them. Our technical school provides an avenue to learn a skill and generate income for local families, feeding directly into our community-based sustainable development projects and our emergency medical program for children experiencing severe malnutrition is the very heartbeat of our mission, which is, and always will be, saving lives. With your help, we're building Guatemala a brighter future. One meal, one drink of water, one bag of food, one pair of shoes, one school, one church, one village, 
and one life at a time. Together, we're building a Guatemala that has hope of life. That you just saw that last picture, that is the, the well, the clean water that you helped fund, that, that some of you went on the first trip and uh, it helped uh, go ahead and lay the groundwork for. So let's just celebrate that this morning and thank God uh, for his goodness and, and uh, absolutely uh, in, incredible. Uh, when we went with our first trip, uh, the reason we didn't go on this one uh, is, is many of the, the details of it, but our, our first trip was over uh, 30 people, uh, and right now, for, for all the restrictions and all the different things, uh, you couldn't take 30 people. They, they asked for two churches uh, to go, and I said, look, you, you guys already had a mission trip planned, uh, and uh, Bastion Union wanted to go and do something in honor of their pastor who had uh, just passed away. Uh, Paul Looney is, is now in, in heaven with the Lord, uh, but he's looking down and seeing uh, a project that he was a part of and helped start uh, go forward. And I felt like his people needed to go rather than, than us so that they could see that through and celebrate that uh, in his honor. So we're thankful uh, for all that you've done and uh, all, all that you continue to do in making a difference around the globe. And every time we partner with World Help, because World Help is, is one of our partners there, but Liberty Church Network and the Timothy Initiative train the church planners uh, that are there. So every week when, when you're being generous and making a difference, I promise you, you're making a difference in the hearts and lives of people right here, but you're making a difference in, in a country like Guatemala, not to mention other countries that are in undisclosed locations uh, that we have church planners in that are doing the exact same scenario that we just can't show you uh, the video. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and just thank him for his goodness. Father, we come to you today and we thank you for who you are. We thank you that we come together and we have reason to celebrate. Uh, Lord, your goodness, the generosity of your people, the, the lives that are being touched and, and changed in an absolutely amazing way. Lord, today as we continue acts that will change your life acts of generosity we just witnessed a video the generosity of your people here people that are a part of this service right now changed lives for for an entire village not just the hundred plus families that were there when we went but all the families who have come to that village since that time the little babies that have, have been born. Lord, they now have clean water and they have a chance at a healthy life that's better and brighter in a future where, where they will learn that people love them and cared about them because God loves them and cares about them and gave his son. And that's the reason we were there. Ultimately, was not just to take water that we drink, but to, to bring them the, the water's of life that flow from you. So Lord, I pray that you will bless that. I pray that you will do what only you can do in the hearts and lives of those people. And I pray that you'll do what only you can do in our hearts and lives as well. Lord, I know that people have struggles and we have uh, problems and, and we're facing uncertainties. 
And Lord, as uh, Dave and, and Teresa were uh, stranded in, in Florida yesterday and got home early, early this morning, uh, Lord, I pray that you'll give them rest and uh, recovery. Uh, I pray that you'll bless them uh, as they enter in, into a stage where Teresa is, is retired and, and Dave is, is working on, on getting in, in that direction. Uh, Lord, I, I just pray that you'll make it a, a great time and a great season in their life. And Father, that you'll continue to raise the people up here uh, to, to make your ministry exactly what you want it to be. Father, I pray that we'll hear from you today, for it's in Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Church, will you stand with us one more time and let's just worship the name of the
absolutely good that when you look at me, you don't see what I see when I look in the mirror. You see the blood of your son because he came for us and died for us so that we could have eternity with you. And Lord, this room is full of hurting people. And I ask that you just send your Holy Spirit to comfort us and prepare our hearts for what you have for us today. We love you so much. In the most holy, powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated. I don't know about you, but I am glad that I am what he says I am, not what I often think I am, or not what I tell myself that I am, or not what other people often think that I am. Doesn't that make you uh, just kind of take your life to another level when you, you think about the reality that you're not who somebody else tries to define you as, but you are who God says you are. And he tells us who we are right in his word. Well, for the past several weeks, we've been talking uh, from the book of Acts. And we talked about uh, acts of, of prayer. And, and we looked at prayers that were prayed in the book of Acts. And now we're looking at certain instances, actions that flow from the book of Acts where people did something and, and it changed their life or changed the, the life of a community. Last week, we talked about acts of generosity and how acts of generosity are contagious. And, and we looked at what happens when the church comes together and, and they have a generous heart and they begin to, to understand that our, our time, our resources, all the things that we are, they don't belong to us, they, they belong to God. And, and, and we celebrated that. And then this morning, we, we look and we catch a video from another country where three churches had come together and poured into the lives of people, and we see generosity literally spilling over, and not only did generosity change the lives of people in the day of Jerusalem in, in Acts chapter 4, but it's changing lives today, and it's making a difference around the world. It's 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 practical, it is still contagious. Think about that, that image that you saw where little children are at school and they have running water. Imagine sending your child to school tomorrow morning and there's not running water. Think about that for just a moment. It, it, it's a completely different aspect of life that we struggle to even kind of comprehend. But here's a, a reality. The difference that you made in your generosity literally is overflowing into the lives of those young people and those families. And they're forever changed because you said, I want to make a difference. Well, today we look at what happens beyond acts of generosity and, and we look at acts of service. We, we look at what happens when, when I come alongside someone and, and I use the, the talents and the abilities that I have to, to be able to make a difference in their life and make a difference in the world. If I were to ask you a simple question today, and, and it, it would be this, this question, what would your response be? How would you define greatness? If I just asked you, hey, how would you define greatness? greatness, some of you would, would automatically think of a person that, that you think is, is the greatest. When we say, hey, who is the greatest basketball player of all time, there, there's a debate. Why? Because people have an image in their mind. They have somebody from their generation. They have somebody that they watched on, on television. They, they have somebody that they were able to see dominate, and they say, man, that is greatness. If I asked you who, who the greatest was in a field, you, you probably would have an idea of who you think 
the greatest is. If I asked you this question, what does it take for someone to be great? If I said, how could you be great in this life? Many of us would begin to describe a plan. And we would put together our plan for greatness. But, but I read a statement the other day, and I, and I want you to remember this because it's true, not just for greatness, it's, it's true in every area of your life. And, and here's what it says, the path to greatness does not start with a plan, it starts with a purpose. The path to greatness doesn't start with a plan, it starts with a purpose. A lot of us would, would like to be great at something, and, and here's what we do. We take what the world defines as greatness, and we make a plan to achieve that. Yet in the process of that, we often leave out the purpose as to why we are here. You see, there's a lot of people that are chasing greatness today, and they have a plan, but they're completely missing the purpose. Do you know one of the purposes that God has for every one of us? according to Jesus in Matthew chapter 22, is to love God with all of our heart and to love our neighbor as ourself. That's one of the purposes that God has for you. Can I tell you something? It's impossible to be great without loving God and loving others. You might have a plan and, and people might say, wow, you know what? That, that person is great and in their field, they are just killing it. I mean, they are head and shoulders above everybody else. But, but here's the problem. That's how we define greatness. That, that's how we plan for greatness. But, but the Bible says something completely different. The Bible says that the path to greatness is, is loving God and, and loving others. Jesus said the path to greatness is, is loving God and, and loving others and, and making disciples, which, which means that the path to greatness begins to take place in our life when, when we submit our life to God's plan for what he wants us to be. When we come along and, and we say, look, here, here's my life and, and here's where God has always been. He's been below me or, or somewhere else. But, but we go ahead and we come and we put our life together with, with his life. We have that relationship and then we begin to allow him to, to lead us. And we submit our life to him and we submit our plan to him and we take on his purpose and we begin to walk with him and we begin to live for him. You see, that's what Jesus said greatness is. In fact, when his disciples were having a discussion and Matthew covers it and Luke covers it and Mark covers it, all in the same type of context, they're wanting to know who's going to be the greatest. And here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, look, you guys have it all wrong. He says, your culture defines greatness as somebody that has a lot. But here's how greatness is defined in the kingdom of God. Greatness is defined as the one who's willing to be a humble servant. Jesus says in Mark chapter 10 and verse number 45, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So today, we're going to look at Acts chapter 6. And many people are going to look at Acts chapter 6 and they're going to say, man, this is the passage where an office of deacon is established and we see it fleshed out. But I would tell you this, Acts chapter 6 is much more than that. Acts chapter 6 is an opportunity for you and I to look and to see what a servant does that happens to be a leader or a leader 
that is a servant. Let's take a look. Acts chapter 6. If you have your, your Bible or something that, that has your Bible on it, I would encourage you to, to follow along. In Acts chapter 6, in, in verse number 1, it says this. Now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying. Isn't that a good thing? The disciples are, are multiplying. It's, it's just increasing. It says there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer, to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. Imagine that. The next time someone says you can't make everybody happy, you can say God's plan did in Acts chapter 6, verse number 5. The one time, right? <laughs> History has it recorded. It says, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Procurus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Then the word of God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. When we look at Acts chapter 6, I, 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 I want to reiterate, it's a passage that, that outlines the, the beginning of, of a process where, where leadership and positions were, were being birthed in the church, but, but that's not necessarily just the heart of of this passage, that there's something that, that's incredibly important that, that we want to walk through in this passage today. And, and as we, we look at how Jesus himself defined greatness, Jesus said greatness isn't, isn't determined by a position. That's what he said. Jesus said greatness isn't determined by, by what you accumulate. Greatness is determined by serving. And how we live while we are serving. You see, every one of us in this life has a choice. And, and, and we can make this choice. We can decide to, to live our life by the, the character and consistency and the conviction that comes from the scripture. Or we can choose to live our life solely driven by the outcome. And here's the struggle that, that we often have in this life. When we look and we see a, a potential outcome that, that's really not that comfortable, it's really not something that we look at and say, man, that, that's the outcome that, that I want if I go with the conviction and the character and the consistency that we see in, in Christ, we often choose the outcome-based view over the character, the conviction, the Christ-like choice as to where it leads us. We all have had an outcome in life we didn't like, right? We've all been in a setting and situation where we, we could say, man, I'd have rather done without that, right? I mean, it, it, it's, it's just happened. And sometimes those have been choices that we've made, and sometimes it's just the results, right? I, I mean, I've been on many a ball diamond where, where I would say, look, if I could rewrite the outcome of that, I certainly would rewrite the outcome of that. I've been in many life circumstances, and at the end of a day, if, if I could say, look, I would change the outcome. I would change the, the outcome. Why? Because the outcome isn't what I expected. It's not what I desired. It's not what I, I wanted. But you know what? Jesus didn't call us to choose outcomes. Jesus called us to choose him and leave the results to him. 
And when we begin to to look at what we see in Acts chapter 6, we see some absolutely incredible things about acts that that will change our life. And and we're talking about acts of service. So so when we look at at what unfolds in Acts chapter 6, I I want us to to first see the condition of the people. And in verse number 1, it says this, Now in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplying, it means this, the church was, was growing, good things are taking place, but we see the condition of the people. And what is the condition of the people? There's a great need. People are being left out. That, that's what it says. It says, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. The widows that had need, they needed food. They needed water. They needed resources. They needed the, the daily supplies to get through life. And here's what, what's happening. They're looking on and they're saying, what about us? Does anybody care about us? Is anybody going to love us? Life is, is really not being fair to us right now. So let's look at the condition of the people. One of the first things we see is the complaint. How many of you like to field complaints? Yeah, I mean, most, most people don't, right? I mean, that, that, that's j- just it. I'll call my mom, usually talk to her on a, a daily basis and and, and she'll say, well, how are you doing? I said, I can't complain. She's like, sure you can. I'm, I'm your mom. I'll listen. And I'm like, you know, the only reason she says that is because she knows I'm not going to tell her after she, she, she says that. But every once in a while, right, every once in a while I do. And, and you know what she does? She listens. And why does she listen? It, it's not always because, and I'm smart enough to know this, it's not always because she really cares it's not always because she, she really wants to hear it. It's because she's my mom. And that's what moms often do, right? Some of you are moms and, and you're nodding your head and you're going, been there, done that. There's a complaint that, that comes up. And the complaint is this, life is not fair. The complaint is this, we're, we're not being treated like, like we, we need to be. Then there's the complaint for a solution. Some would say they were complaining just to complain. Some would say they were complaining because they were pointing out what the need was and we needed a way to to solve it. So, So here's what happens. We see a real need. We see that it's genuine. It's not agenda driven. Nobody is is complaining because they weren't appointed over something. They're just saying, look, here's 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 a need. Let me let me ask you question. Why do you think that when we see such a, a passage that's directed to being servants, that someone was not already stepping forward and serving and meeting the need? You see, I, I really don't want to investigate all the textual steps that you could go through and find out little bit more about what the word complaint means and the Hellenist and the Hebrews and, and, and all of the, the, those things. There's just a real practical side. Somebody was without, and there's a multitude that's standing around. And the question is, is this, not so much why aren't people being taken care of, it's this, why isn't the body of Christ just stepping forward and meeting a need without somebody having to point it out? 
Why, why, why aren't they just stepping forward and saying, look, I can serve. I, I, I can do a, a daily distribution. I, I can meet a need in, in somebody else's life. It, it doesn't have to wait on this group or that committee. It doesn't have to wait on somebody else to do it. it you see, Jesus said the path to greatness is to be a servant, and this is an opportunity to serve. So, so I'm going to show up, and I'm going to serve. Think about that for, for just a moment. You know, one of the things that I've discovered in life, and I think it rings true in, in this passage, it's this. It's always easier to volunteer someone else than to volunteer yourself. really is. I mean, think about it. Can't you just see the, the, the group of people coming, and they're, they're surrounding Peter, John, James, and, and, and they're going, look, this isn't getting done right. I mean, for, for the first time in, in the New Testament, Peter was very likely involved in a conversation, and he didn't tell somebody off. Right? I mean, Peter, it, when Jesus told Peter what was going to happen, Peter's like, nope, that's not the way it's going to go. When, 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 when Peter is standing before judges and leaders, Peter says, look, you want me to do this, but here's the reality. I'm going to do that because I can't but help speak and, and, and share the things that I have seen and heard and experienced in, in, in following Jesus. So, so I'm going to do that. But, but in this moment, as we see it un, unfold, there, there's, there's not this clash. There's not a, a confrontation. People are coming and they're saying, look, here, here's a need and, and, and we need someone else to do it. Let, let me ask you this. What need are you waiting on somebody else to step up and meet? Sometimes what we think, well, serving is position-based. And, and, and here's the reality. Serving is heart-based. A position or a place doesn't keep you from serving. An attitude and heart keeps you from serving. And, 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 and here's what we see in the life of Christ. Jesus said the path to greatness Acts of, of greatness really aren't all about attaining or gathering or accumulating. It is really about serving. And he said it's, it's a condition of the heart. He said, look at me. I didn't come to be served. I came to serve and to give my life a ransom. For many. Now we have this group that walks up and we see the condition of the people. And the condition of the people is this instead of waiting on the tables, they're waiting on someone else to take care of it, to meet the need. They're waiting on someone else to organize a program, they're waiting on someone else to initiate something. And all the while, there was an opportunity that was present, that someone could have stepped forward and said, look, I can do that. I'm going to make a difference, and I'm going to be the servant. It, it might seem insignificant. It, it might seem like it's, it's not that important. I mean, it's, it's the widows. It's the daily distribution. It's, it, it's taking care of their basic resources. Someone could have said, I, I want something more important. But when you stop and think about it, What's, what's more important than taking care of somebody and serving somebody that can't do anything in return for you? Because I'm going to tell you something. When we serve because of what we get out of it, we're probably really not serving. 
when we serve because we, we feel good, you know what we're doing? We're taking medicine. Now, we, we might not like to hear that. We, 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 we might say, wow, that's, that's, that's really not uh, how, how, I, how I look at it. But, but it, here's the deal. In, in life, we have opportunities to, to, to go ahead and serve. And, and then in a setting, as, as the need is there, people are, are waiting and they're volunteering someone else because it's always easier to volunteer someone else than, than to go ahead and step up and say, hey, there's a need and I'm going to fill it. There, there's a, a, a person that needs somebody to love them and care for them and, and, and they can't do anything in for, for me in return. But you know what? God told me to love him and he told me to love my neighbor. And my neighbor is anybody that, that I'm close to. So we look at the condition of the people. There, there's a real need, and there's a real opportunity. But we take a, a, another step, and, and, and here's what happens. There's a conversation that unfolds. It, it says this, then the 12 summoned the multitude of the disciples. doesn't tell us how many. We, we know thousands are coming to Christ by, by, by this time. So, so just imagine a, a massive crowd coming around because when, when the, the multitude was, was used, typically that, that there were hundreds or more uh, around. So then the 12 summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Now here's, here's what, we, what we need to see. They, they, they called the multitude. The multitude comes and, and then they present the need. They said there's a need for what we already have. They said the, the need around us is great, but God's resource is greater. How can we meet this need? They said we have some, some things going on, and they just began to have a conversation about it. But verse number three says this, Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually in prayer and to the ministry of the word. That there's a conversation with the multitude, there's the presence of the need, and there's a solution that is offered. And in verse number five, it says this, and the saying pleased the whole multitude. Do you know what, what happens in life when we seek God and we know that, that he's given us an opportunity to, to, to meet a need and we begin to have conversation about it. People that are sharing the same heart are coming together. And this is the same group that in Acts chapter 4 were of one heart. That their heart had, had the same pattern. It was beating to see God, God work. So there's a simple conversation. But here's where, where we want to get and, and, and see is, is this. In those verses that we just read, not only is there a conversation with the multitude, but there's the conviction to be servants. And here's the first thing when we see about meeting this need. It, it's this. There's the commitment to priority. Here, here's what they said about serving. And I want us to get it. Here, here's what they said about serving. 
It says, but, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. If we go back to verse number three, it says, therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the, the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Pucurus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and, and Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Let's look at that quickly. That There's the, the commitment to priority. It was a commitment to be in God's calling. Let me, let me ask you something. That the people that are leading, the 12 disciples, here's what they said. They said, God has given us a ministry and God has given us a priority. And we can't leave the calling that God has put on our life, but this need over here is great. So we need some people to step up that can fit this role. We need some people of, of character, some people of consistency, some, some people that are, are walking with God, some people that have submitted their life. That, that's what, what it means to be filled with, with the Spirit. They've submitted their life, and, and they're willing to do the necessary things that may not be the glorious things, but God is glorified in them. They said, look, here, here's what we want to do. We want to commit to priority. There's a need. We've got to keep preaching and sharing and studying and praying because that's what's fueling this entire thing. But we need some people to come alongside and to help us. We need them to be committed to be servants. Do you see on one side they're committing to serve in the area of their gifting, and they're saying, look, we need some people that will step up and commit to serve serve in this area. We need some people to step up and do what they can do to fill the role that they can fill. You see, it's possible to do the work of God without doing the work that God has called you to do. It's possible to do the work of God without doing the work of God that God has called you to do. A lot of people are, are operating in an area because it's a position, but, but it's, it's not what God has, has called them to do. That they're, they're operating in an area where, where they feel like, man, I have to, to go ahead and do this because nobody else will. Here, here's, here's what happened. The people got together and they said, look, we need to, to establish a priority in, in what's most important, and, and, and we need to go ahead and do what God is calling us to do. And, and, and here's, here's the truth. Nobody is saying one calling is higher than another. They're saying we're in this together. And, and today I would say the body of Christ is in this together. There, there's, there's, there's not a calling that's, that's higher than, than another. That There's everybody coming together and saying, look, this is what I can do. This is how I can serve. This is how I can go ahead and make a difference. This is where God has gifted me. This is what God has equipped me to do. And I want to go ahead and I want to serve in that calling. Can't you just see when, when they brought people together, they, they said, look, we, we need to go ahead and, and put some servants over this. So what did they, they do? They did a character check. It says, choose seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, wisdom. Good, good reputation means when they say they're going to do something, they, they, they do it. They love the word. They read the word. They, they were living the word. 
They had a good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit. It means that they were submitted. Wisdom, it means that they, they were just living out God's word on a daily basis. That's, that's what it was. But then there's a consistency. They were giving themselves daily to the word while others were giving themselves daily to the distribution. Why? So that when they stood and said that Jesus loves you and God has an incredible plan for your life. And just as Jesus served through his death, we're here to serve through our life. The message and, and, and the action were consistent and, and people were fulfilling the role that, that was present. You see, the, the service supplied the need that was daily. There was a daily relationship for the consistent hardship that people we're facing. And I just wonder today what it would look like if we as the body of Christ truly said, you know what? An act of greatness is an act of service. An act of greatness is often doing something for someone that nobody else is going to see or serving in a ministry where, where the name is, is not highlighted. And, and, and I'm going to go ahead and, and do something that seems insignificant, but it really, really matters. Do you realize that Jesus himself said, the first shall be last and the last shall be first? Do you know what Jesus was telling us? Jesus was saying, look, when we only have time for what we deem to be the important things, we're missing the entire point of what's really important and, and what this life of serving is really all about. What would happen in our culture today, in our communities, not only here, but, but around the world and in the global church, if people that, that had time and ability would say, man, there's a need, and, and, and I, I'm going to go fill it. I'm, I'm going to go meet it. I'm going to go serve them. Yes, they, they can do nothing for me, but I'm going to go and do it. I'm, I'm going to show up early. I'm going to be willing to be the last one there. I'm going to go in unnoticed. I want to, I want to go ahead and do something that's great in the eyes of God. Not great. Not great in the eyes of everybody else. But I really just want to go ahead and serve. You see, these, these people that we take our passage from and we, we take the, the concept of a deacon from, and they were men of, of good reputation. They were men that were full of the Holy Spirit. They, they, they were men that had surrendered their lives and, and they were serving. They were leaders that, that were impacting and, and doing things. Do you, do you know what they were before they were a deacon? Do you know what they were before they were a leader? They were people that were trusted they were people that said when they would do something, they did it. They were people that were willing to do the insignificant, unseen. It was getting done. It was already there. When you begin to look at this life, sometimes we'll say, well, when I get, I will do. Can I tell you something? In Acts chapter 6, acts that change your life, acts of service, they were serving already. So when God had a bigger assignment, he said, look, I want these people in that place. 
You see, their purpose was to serve God, not the plan to get a position, a purpose to be what God wanted them to be and to serve him faithfully. And because they were following the purpose of God, God said, look, I've got a, a place for you to be. Jesus said, you're going to be faithful in, in, in the little things. You'll, you'll get an opportunity to be trusted with more. There was a commitment to priority. There was character. There was consistency. They, they, they didn't do it well one day and, and then say, man, this isn't for me. No, they, they, it, it, was, it was daily. There was a daily weight that they were carrying. And, and, and honestly, serving God is serving God daily. But let's look at, at one last thing real quick. And it's the change in the city. It says in verse number seven, then, then, the word of God is going forth and people are serving. And it says, then, the word of God spread. Do you know, do you know what that means? That the multiplication was really taking place. The multiplication had already taken place in verse number one. We read that. But now, the multiplication is, is, is being multiplied. It, it's spreading vastly. It says the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Do you know what that means? When, when they were hearing the messages, the priests that weren't believers were becoming believers. The priests that were standing before people breaking down some Old Testament scriptures all of a sudden are now going, wow, this Jesus guy, he's real. The one that we were looking for has already come. They began to believe. Why? Because of the faithfulness of, of some servants with conviction, commitment, character, and consistency. And do you know what God's purpose for your life and for my life ultimately is? It's to be a servant. God has, has created you to serve. This passage, as much as we use it for it, being a leadership position, it's really not all about a leadership position. It's about people who follow the purpose of God. And everybody discovered that when you follow the purpose of God, God's plan begins to take over. And God's purpose and God's plan take you to newer and greater places with newer and greater opportunity. And you want to live a life of greatness. Living a life of greatness is not in attaining a position. Living a life of greatness is in becoming a servant. Giving your life to the one who said, I came to be the servant of all. And today, I would encourage you, you want to live a life of greatness? You want to be great? You want to do something meaningful? Be a servant. Be a servant. Serve, get involved, make a difference in the body of Christ because that's God's plan and that's God's purpose for each and every one of us. Would you pray with me? Lord, I come to you and I ask you, Father, as we gather here today, that you would help us first and foremost to give our life to you so that we might give our life for you. Lord, you gave your life for us that we might know what real life and real living, that we might have eternal life. So Father, today I pray that you would be with each and every one and that you would help us to take hold of life eternal that comes through knowing you as our personal Savior.
Lord, I pray that you would help us to make up our mind to be servants. Not to attain a, a position, not to obtain necessarily a place or, or a role, but to say, Lord, here I am. You can use me. I'm here to serve you. I have gifts. I have talents. I have abilities. And, and I want to put them to use for your honor and for your glory. Lord, would you help us with that? With heads bowed and eyes closed. Today, I just want to give you the opportunity. If you're not certain that you've trusted Christ as your Savior, if you're not certain that you know Jesus and you've asked him to forgive you of your sins and to be your Savior, today, I want you to know that that's the entire reason that Jesus came to this world. He came to give his life for you to forgive you of your sins so that you might know him, so that you might spend eternity in heaven with him. And today, if you don't know that, I want you to know that you can know him as your savior simply by placing your faith in him and saying, Jesus, I know that I am not enough. I know that I'm never gonna be perfect. I know that I've sinned, which just means I've missed your mark. I've done wrong. And God, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and I'm asking you to be my savior based on your death, your burial, and your resurrection. Jesus, would you forgive me and be my savior? If you pray a simple prayer like that, it's not the prayer that saves you, it's the faith that you believe. And today, I wanna encourage you to make that statement of faith right here, right now. No matter where you're at, no matter what stage of life you are, if you've not done that, I wanna encourage you to do that. If you're here this morning, you say, John, I know Christ is my savior, but honestly, I, I know that I have the opportunity to serve, but, but through the process of COVID, through the process of, of life getting busy, all, all of the other things, I, I just kind of have become disconnected. I've got talents and abilities. I see needs around me. I know that there's opportunities to serve and, and, and places to serve, but, but I've just kind of passed over some of them. But, but today, I, I want to I get focused back on being that servant and putting myself at God's disposal and saying, here I am to be used by you. If that's you, I want to encourage you as I close this in prayer that you offer up that prayer and say, Lord, help me to see the need to step forward and to fill it as you would have me to. Father, we come to you and we ask you to be with us. Lord, if there's one who needs to trust you as Savior, I pray that you'll help them to do that right now just by simply acknowledging that they're a sinner and that they need a Savior. Lord, I pray for those that already know you that, that you would help each and every one of us to become more of a servant, to make this life more about you and living our life for your honor and your glory. For it's in Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Thank you for being a part of our family.